Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Peter Travers, and this is Popcorn, where we tell you what is happening at the movies. And there is a wonderful movie for you to see right now called Radioactive, and it stars my guest, Rosamund Pike, as Madame Curie. So this is amazing. Ros, welcome. Welcome to the show. Hi, Peter. It's very nice. It's really, really nice to see you. I haven't seen you since Gone Girl. No, exactly. When you were pregnant, so I guess that son is walking around now being five or six years old exactly that he's five and he's he's a little stuntman so yeah I've got, <laughs> he might follow his mother in some way yes he it involved him falling from a very big height the other day but seemingly <laughs> he's unassailable so. i won't go into that anyway in in watching this movie which is so beautifully done to me it's just Marjan, as a director and putting what this life is in not at all a stodgy biopic manner, you know, it's great. And I'm looking at you and I'm thinking of your journey. First movie, Bond Girl. Another day. I can remember you in that saying this line, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but it was, I know all about you, 007, sex for dinner. Death for breakfast. Wow. Word for word, bang on. I remember it too. So, <laughs> and now you're Madame Curie. Yeah. This is no other Bond girl has done this. I feel that I can say that completely. Made Madame Curie. Yes. No. Yes. No. They may try now, but it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> this might might be true. Yeah. She. She. I mean. Yeah. She was a formidable creature. I'm glad you picked up on. I mean, it, it, I could you couldn't make a conventional biopic about Madame Curie because she was too much of a rebel. You know, she was an unruly element in her. You know, she discovered two unruly elements, and she was an unruly element. So, you know, you needed Marge, You needed a director with a bit of rock and roll and and a kind of approach that that was going to kind of explode the parameters. Well, she's got that, and she's got kind of your mischief. You know. I remember when I first met you, I thought, well, you know, she's going to be quite imperious. You know, she's, she does stage work and do this and you're just mad, you know, <laughs> which is, which is great. Mischief. I really love that word, Peter. Mischief is a great, great word. And um, yeah, I had a, I had a birthday party recently and that was the kind of, that was the code of conduct for the party was mischief, naughtiness and mischief. As it should be, you know, even in a pandemic. But, you know, I want to go back to this because, again, I said that this radioactive is not like any biopic I've seen. Why is that? What attracted you to it? Uh, you know, everybody, you would say, yes, I'd love to play Madame Curie. There's been a movie made back in the 40s where Greer Garson and Walter Pidgeon were playing that. But it has that look of, OK, this is regulation. Not, there seems like uh, in Radioactive that all the rules are broken. <laughs> it's not school, is it? You know, it's, it's got to be, be punk science. That's what I thought. Yeah. You know, here is a woman who, you know, she, she, she looked, you know, if you look at a picture, she looked fairly conventional. She wasn't. I mean, look, there's a, there's a photograph of her from the Solvay conference with all the eminent scientists of the day, right? All these cats are looking very pompously at the camera and you can just see she can't be asked. And she's talking to the person on her left and he's absorbed in what, she's saying and and 
you know, she just never played by the rules, even when it was just sitting still for a minute to have your photograph taken. And I thought, I want to play this woman. There's, there's mischief to be had, you know, mm -hmm. that's what I thought. And I met Marjan and I thought, yeah, she's got the right spirit. And, you know, we can dress this up and people can think we're giving them some tasteful period drama. Mm -hmm. And we don't deliver, you know, we explode the, 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 the boundaries. And um, I felt that with anyone, who any character who could legitimize you to to flash forward it would be someone like Marie Curie with her brain which you know would have had an inkling would have had an inkling of what the future could hold with this discovery of the phenomenon of radioactivity so it was exciting to me um and I, I probably could have even you know it could have been pushed further for my taste even probably what I'm saying about the movie is it will jump into the future it will jump and say, look at what she invented with her husband, Pierre. Look at these um, element discoveries and what radioactive, she didn't know, did she didn't know there would be any problem about being around it. <laughs> no, and that's the true, you know, if, I think there's been this sort of misconception, especially sort of from the time I was at school, really, that science somehow isn't sexy. And I think mm -hmm. science is deeply sexy and I, and I, I think, you know, the one, the fundamental requirement for a scientist is curiosity. And she had curiosity in spades, so did he. And together they changed the world. And yes, they revealed, you know, in a way, as a scientist, you're never really discovering anything. You're, you're revealing the mysteries of the world. You're just uncovering, aren't you? And it was a, at the time that they were working, x-rays had just been, you know, successfully um, taken of the, of the inside of the human body. It was the first time anyone had seen the inside of a living human. And, and they were living at this very, very exciting time when you know, electric light was coming and the trains were starting to spread across the country. And it was like a, it must have been an incredible time to live. You must have been sort of breathing the fact that you were, you were the sort of seed of the future, I suppose. The Marie is almost the opposite of when you were in Gone Girl, where your character, who just was a piece of work, um, <laughs> would be defining what a cool girl was, you know? And to her it was, you fooled men, you know? And you made them think you were compliant with their wishes. So you were cool because you gave them yeah. what they wanted. Marie Curie was never like that. <laughs> so even yeah. though this is, a, this is a love story, you know, and it is, their it is. meeting is basically, her saying, stay out of my way. <laughs> Very hostile, yeah. She's, she's a, she was a singular person who was deeply suspicious of any collaboration, whether it was professional or personal. And I think she, you know, there's this, I just love the fact of A, that anyone could deliver this line. When she first meets him and she, he offers to give her somewhere to work because he knows that she's been kicked out of the Sorbonne. She says, I just want to make things perfectly clear. I will not be your mistress. And, you know, the thought had never, <laughs> you know, the arrogance of the woman to just immediately say, just so we're here. I mean, but maybe it's not arrogance. Maybe that's my own sort of conception. Maybe that's what we should all say at the top of every meeting. Mm -hmm. I just want to make things clear. I will not be your mistress. That's such sad news to hear, but thank you for saying <laughs> <laughs> I know where I stand now. I don't know how uh, Marie Curie would have dealt with the, hashtag me too movement but i think she would have been in there at the front line somehow um she she was i mean she was she lived equality she she owned it she knew that i think she was certain 
that her brain was equal to any of her peers who were mostly men. So she mm -hmm. saw herself as a scientist. I don't think she cared much that she was a woman and everyone else was a man. And she didn't really sort of, you, you know, when people tried to praise her for being one of very few women, she never really rose to that compliment. She would just much rather be praised for her science. You know, she mm -hmm. didn't want to seem extraordinary for doing what she did as a woman. She just wanted to be a good scientist. Well, she won that first Nobel Prize with her husband, with Pierre, because they were collaborators in this way. And yet it is, despite the hostile meet-cute that happens at the beginning, that was a real love story. It was the most passionate love story. It was almost the most convincing sort of elemental marriage that I've ever portrayed on screen, I think. It was a... It, and, and I was keyed into that because a year before we started filming, the, the Marie Curie estate released a grief journal that she kept in the weeks after he died. And honestly, Peter, it was, I, it was, it's the most devastatingly passionate outpouring of love for someone that I thought, wow, inside this sort of ferocious, um, determined, angular woman was these rivers of with these rivers of passion. And I thought, well, this is going to be a very interesting person to play because, you know, and maybe she, you know, she didn't realize quite what she'd lost until it was gone. But, um, you know, undoubtedly they had an utterly modern marriage. And, and as you pointed out about the Nobel Prize, you know, when the commendation first came in, nobody could understand that a woman could really be responsible for that. So only his name was on the recommendation. And he insisted that they stood side by side and her name was on it too. Um, so, you know, I had Sam Riley as a collaborator and, you know, def definitely my Marie Curie wouldn't be how she is without Sam's um, kind of understanding of her oddity, compassionate understanding of her oddity. He allowed me, because he found it amusing, he allowed his Pierre to find her amusing. He allowed me to, to push her spikiness further. Both of you are very playful with how you do this, despite, you know, his tragic death pretty early in her life. But also things we wouldn't see in a movie that was made in the 40s is we do see her after his death have an affair with a colleague who knew both of you, you know, at the time. Scandal. And yeah, yeah. in a way that affected how she was being treated in that community. How could you do this? Well, also, you know, she did that on, when France was on the brink of war. And obviously France, she was Polish originally, and France had claimed her as their own when she won her prizes. And suddenly, as soon as she started having an affair with quite a public figure who was married, okay. suddenly she was the outsider again. She was the sort of dirty immigrant who'd come in and was breaking up the French nuclear yeah. family. Suddenly, it was like the, the press, but luckily for her, you know, she'd never really taken their praise, the press, so therefore their shame didn't really touch her. Because I suppose if you, if you really allow yourself to be carried on the tidal wave of support, then you have to be destroyed by when it turns against you. But she just never really cared. You can hear a massive rainstorm has just descended in Prague. So <laughs> lighting's probably changed and it's all gone very dark and there's thunder. I like it, it's very dramatic. I thought you just arranged that. You know? No, the, the, whole, the whole outside, the sky is incredibly black outside, yeah. Every time I speak to you in the future, I'm going to expect a rainstorm. Yeah, That's what I really want. Sounds, sounds, my own Foley comes with me. Yes, <laughs> something dramatic to do that. What's also remarkable about her 
is one of her daughters, Irene, who uh, Anya Taylor Joy plays so well. Uh, again, another Nobel Prize winner in this world. I think she's frozen now. Yeah, we had a big crash. I thought you'd been sort of struck by lightning and you thought I had. Well, I, it's, yeah, I feel a bit like I'm on Noah's Ark at the moment in a sort of biblical flood. <laughs> well, before it happens again, which it's probably going to do. <laughs> it's, it's, we know this is. Um, let me finish up by just saying this. You're playing this incredibly intelligent scientist, this woman of great intellect. And I don't know what you knew uh, about science or how you did well when you were at school, you know, in it. Did you have any intimidation about saying, sure, I could play her two Nobels? Look, I got an Oscar nomination. <laughs> This is it. Yeah, it, is, it does, does put your own achievements into perspective, I'd say. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yes. I, 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 I took, I, I approached it with deep respect and I did, I did have a cramming crash course in chemistry. I had, I was like the sort of, um, I had, I, I hired a tutor, some, someone who's probably used to, you know, getting kids through their, sort of who haven't worked straight, you know, through, through their exams. And she came around to my house in the evenings. It was like night school um, with uh, chemistry after my children went to bed. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I had to, I thought I have to know what she's thinking. You know, I can't be looking well, at in these vials and test tubes and sort of thinking about a sandwich or, you know, what I'm going to watch on Netflix. I've, I've got to, um, I've, I've got to have active, scientific thought to roll around the gray cells. I also had to learn to do everything left-handed. So I did take it pretty seriously. You know. Oh, that's right. So you I did do that. I am a natural left-handed person, which is unnatural. But you will appreciate, you probably, I'm sure no one would have noticed that she wasn't left-handed, but I thought I must, I must, I must do everything with my left hand because I'm sure it changes the way your brain's wired, doesn't it? I mean, you must have different neural pathways if you're... I don't know. I have nothing to compare to except the rest of the world that's normal and I'm not. So it's okay by me, you know? And I've always, I've always found that you've had uh, some distance from normality, which is what makes you so good as an actor. Me. Thank well. you. Yeah, you know, so that's what I'm calling you completely <laughs> not. And that's what makes it happen. <laughs> You know, because you played, when you did Marie Cole, another Marie, you know, when you did Marie Colin, you know, and in a war correspondent thing to do, you get, you put yourself in these parts. Yeah, I, I, I try to, because I mean, you know, it's, it's a holiday from oneself, first of all. And, um, well, I just hope that Gone Girl was not something you put yourself into, you know. Well, I think it, you know. I think you, you do, but you sort of think you've got you think you've got control of it, but sometimes you wonder whether it's got control of you. I mean, I think on a set, on a sort of cellular level, I think the body takes everything on. You know, I think the body remembers these. If you if you ask of your body to to feel these things very deeply, it, mm -hmm. it does. You know, your brain remember you know knows that you're you, but your body, I think. So you've got all of those people, insane and some sane and some scientists. And I think they're getting crazier, world. Peter. I think, you know, I think the characters are getting crazier, if I'm honest. Yeah. Well, it is. I'm going, I'm, I'm afraid of this going well, off again. So, I'm, you know, we end our show always in song. 
and I can't look at that. Look at your face there. No. Song? What song? Song? What song? But is there a little bit of a melody of something you can leave us with? What did you sing to the to your sons? Always look on the bright side of life. But, um, but, um, but, um, Always look on the bright side of life. Your turn. That's perfect. Roz, thank you so <laughs> much for doing this. In a storm, we never had drama <laughs> like that before. So I thank you so much and great luck with this movie. Thank this you. Where we don't know how to watch them, but we do. Whenever yeah. We can. yeah. I, I've realized my home cinema arrangements are lacking, but I'm sure yours aren't. <laughs> no, I'm huge. I could just live in here yeah. for years, but don't want to. Anyway, thank okay, you so much. Take so care. Much. Take care. Bye-bye.